to the Disability Equality Podcast from the ACT Center for Disability Leadership. I'm Director Mary Kay Kennedy. Today, our hosts, Cynthia Gales and DJ Fisher, are interviewing Federal Judge Donovan Frank. During the interview, Cynthia, DJ, and the judge refer to both the Olmstead decision and the Olmstead Academy. The Olmstead decision is a Supreme Court decision that says people with disabilities ought to be living side by side, enjoying life with everyone else in the community, not segregated. The Olmstead Academy is a year-long leadership program that is hosted by the ACT Center. And the goal of this program is to make more and better community and disability inclusion happen across our state. So the um, leaders, Cynthia Gales and DJ Fisher are both graduates of the Olmstead Academy and Judge Frank has been involved with the Olmstead Academy as well. So enjoy the listen. We're here with Judge Donovan Frank today and we're gonna talk about his role in uh, self-advocacy and things like that. Yes, the United States District Judge, Donovan Frank. I heard you've been doing great things about um, people with disabilities and how you did help a couple of uh, young ladies. They was able to be on their own instead of being an institution. Could you talk a little bit about that and tell us how you started that? Ever since uh, 1990, when the ADA got passed, where people for the first time, a lot of people started talking about, well, yeah, you mean unjustified isolation and not being truly part of a community is discrimination. Part of it is growing, uh, growing up in a rural area where uh, my father had a uh, developmentally disabled cousin. I didn't really realize until I got older what the effect was that on me because when my parents would say he has a right to uh, live uh, in the community like we do, he has hopes and dreams like you do, I, uh, I, and uh, we're gonna include him in everything we do. So my mom and dad didn't have all the fancy words, but they, I, I think that kind of gave me this value about helping uh, individual disabilities kind of live on their own or live where they would like to live in a community. So you understand that if we really are living in America and equal justice means something to each of us, it means we should be able to live with our friends and family like everybody else. I think it does help even just talking to you. You're down to earth because I've had a chance to have a conversation with you. You see the person as a person, not as the disability or a number, like a lot of the local society would see. I think you and so many people, whether it's part of the Olmstead Academy, when I've met people that educate people like me and sensitize us so that, oh my word, we've been carrying around these unfair assumptions and stereotypes about people with uh, disabilities. And now that we kind of can interact with one another, it, it's actually people like you and so many of your friends that it challenges some of those assumptions you make about people with disabilities. And then when you're a lawyer or a judge, it's even more important to meet people like you. Then you make sure that I never forget the true meaning of that phrase, equal justice under law. Absolutely. And I never personally met you until today, but I was in the Armstead Academy. 
And when I read that about how you helped them two ladies, I was so proud. Just Well, and that's so important you say that because when we work and play, laugh and cry together and everything, I mean, that really is this fancy words being integrated into the community. That's what it's come to mean under both the ADA and the, the Olmstead case is that everybody gets to live and uh, work with one another. Through the Olmstead, we did a project and it asked side by, what side by side means to us. And I wrote friends with and without disabilities, playing, working and living together. That's the whole thing. I can't tell you the number of times that when we have done some of our, what are called disability education courses for lawyers, they will walk up to us afterwards and say, we had no idea that we are carrying around these assumptions, stereotypes. Thank you for opening our eyes. Over 10 years ago, Colin Wick came to me and said, it's really great you'd have these panels to educate lawyers and judges, but you gotta put people with disabilities on the panel so people can see and walk challenge or stereotypes. We, we've done that now for over 10 years. And when people come up and thank us, they, they don't come up to me. They come up to the individual disability and say, thank you. What is Minnesota doing to make our state a place where everybody belongs? Uh, thanks to the Olmstead Academy, whether you uh, work for Department of Human Services or you're a judge or a lawyer or living in the community, that brings true knowledge and then integration and inclusion like the civil rights movement. It was uh, people, people with disabilities not being silent and showing the way. It sensitized people. And so whether it's a group home situation, living um, a fair wage situation, living together, working together, and it's educating people about, well, here's what it means to be a true inclusive community. And, and you've sensitized state agencies because of that. When a judge takes an oath, it's a constitutional promise to provide equal justice under law law, I do wish there was more discussion by public officials when we talk about who's being affected by even these difficult times. How do you feel the state and everybody's doing? For me, I got friends that are in the mayor position in this area I live. And it's neat because I went and I tried to get him to come to the Olmstead Academy to learn a little bit about it, being he was running for mayor and he was busy. So what I did was I set up a meeting after he won the election and I went over the Olmstead Academy and some of the stuff I learned in it and kind of shared it with him. And he looked at me and he's like, we need somebody like you to present this to the city council. So I've been talking with the city council in my area, which is giving them a, hey, we're a great deal because we've got working and playing down, but we really need to work on the living situation. When you talk to people, you're setting example for all of us. It wasn't too often when people in your situation got invited, they kind of will look at, no, we want to bring him in to explain this. We don't need some so-called expert to come in here. Cynthia, you're doing the same things. Yeah, because when I was in the um, Amistad Academy and I had read all, everything and I started to learn how to do different things to try to help people, I took some people on the Haddonford boat down the Mississippi River. It's a, I live in a place with people with disabilities and, you know, a lot of them don't come out by me going pulling them out the house if only for a couple of hours that that was a way that I could help what part of the disability inclusion makes you feel like you just want to say all right 
If you would look in terms of educating the public, you would see people coming to us from the disability community and saying, don't talk about diversity without including the large disability community. Don't call it diversity unless you're bringing everybody, including people with disabilities, to the table. If we went back more than 10 years ago, you wouldn't see any conferences with disability issues included. Now it's hard to find one where it's not. Everyone benefits when everyone is included. That is so true. This shouldn't have to be a new concept going all the way back to Aristotle when he said life in a community is a necessary condition for a person's complete flourishing as a human being. And so the idea that we had to wait till 1999 for Olmsted and 90 for, for the ADA to say, look at everybody, when we all work and live together in the community, we all benefit. But where do you think our next step is? Well, I think the next step, and I over I overuse a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., quote, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. No one can remain silent. Sometimes that's frustrating to me. I just think it has to be on everybody's plate, on everybody's discussion. Sometimes I get a little emotional and even sometimes maybe a tear comes down my eye when people with disabilities have said to me so sincerely, Judge, I have the right to live in my community with my friends and family like you do and not be forced to move away. Well, that means looking at our priorities, whether it's government programs, funding, community projects. I'm a bit old-fashioned. I think in many ways, many of us, whether we're a judge, lawyer, janitor in the building, bus driver, a care worker, will be all evaluated by how we take care of the most vulnerable people amongst us and how we care and include people with disabilities. And that's what's changed. An individual with a disability has a right, if he or she chooses to live in the community, we're all responsible. If you had one word to put out here to the listeners, something positive, what would that one word be? People need to speak up when they don't see people with disabilities included. Following the advice of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and here's a quote, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. That's exactly what is going on with so many people in the disability community and individuals. I would like to applaud you for all the great work you have done in helping people with disabilities. It's taken a while for people to evolve and the ADA to evolve, but I think more and more people are understanding that now and not remaining silent. Well, thank you for your time, Judge Donovan Frank. Stay safe, stay well, and hopefully our paths will cross as time goes on. Join us for the next Disability Equality Podcast. To bring self-advocacy programs to your group, check out the Disability Equality Training Series and other ACT Center programs at selfadvocacy.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.